as we uh, get into this video. Thank you so much. Hey ladies, it's time to begin planning for our girls' time out. 3 p.m. Saturday, December 30th, Admission Escape, located at 205 North Tennessee Street in Cartersville. We'll spend an hour attempting to outsmart the Mission COVID Escape Room, 840-842-7963, no later than December 22nd to reserve your spot. See you there. Christmas is right around the corner, and here at RLCC, we care about the community around us. Our goal is to provide Christmas assistance for 80 children this year. With your help, we can make that happen. So make a donation in the month of November and December above and beyond your normal ties to RLCC Christmas, and together, we will bless those 80 Thank you so much in advance. Real Life Christian Church presents Christmas Under the Stars, December the 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. Come celebrate the season of Christmas under the stars. We will have lots of events going on. Bring your family to pet animals in the petting zoo, play on the inflatables, make some ornaments, see our live nativity, have some s'mores and grab some free food. At 7 p.m., we will have a candlelight service where we honor reason for the season. We hope to see Let's celebrate the greatest gift ever given as we worship him together at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. One, two, one, two, three, four.
we sing to you this morning, Gloria. That is glory to you. And thank you for this time of worship that we come to uh, you and we get to sing about the son that you sent for us. And just be with us as we lift your name in praise. In Jesus' name, amen. One, two, one, two, three, four.
Christmas time, wonderful time of the year when we can remember when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born. Uh, soon, it'll be Easter, another time of the year when we can celebrate and sing. And this is a observance that was has not been established by man, but was established by Jesus Christ himself. He said, this bread is my body broken for you. This cup is my blood shed for you. As often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. So, how often should we remember what Jesus has done for us? Remembering that he did it so that we could have the opportunity to live with him in heaven forever. Let's pray. Father, we come to this communion table so thankful for your love and for the price that Jesus paid on the cross for our sins. Pray, Father, that as we partake of these emblems, we will rededicate ourselves to living for you, knowing that in this world we are ambassadors for Christ. In Jesus' name. our thoughts are turned toward our offering, we acknowledge that everything we have belongs to the Lord. He has entrusted to us these things that we may use, and he wants us to bring back into his storehouse a portion, just a portion, so that his kingdom may be established in this world and in the world to come. We can give you offerings several ways through the envelopes and the you are in the seating area next door or through the mail if you are bestowed to us and everything we do will be done for your glory in Jesus name Amen Good morning Everybody's happy to be in the dry today right So yesterday we we did our Christmas giveaway and we had you know for the most part we helped 40 families 90 kids or so and and we blessed them with Christmas but I think the real blessing came for those that were here working and we did that through your giving through your generosity you you have given us an opportunity to help others and we still have some that are calling in and on the waiting list so now listen the more you give the more people we will help just keep that in mind as the, the season goes on if you give towards RLCC's Christmas we will take that money and we'll bless more families 
that's what it's about. And it makes me happy to look over here and see this tree full of stuff that we're going to bless people who don't have, that are living on the streets, that don't have anything more. Because now, you know, Time Magazine does these people of the year and these heroes and icons. They did one of those for the past century. Of course, the person this year was Taylor Swift. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. But, you know, apparently all you got to do is be rich and be able to sing. But you see, heroes and icons from the past century. And here's the ones that were on the list. The top of the list was Muhammad Ali. Really? Or then the second one was the American GI, the soldiers. And I can, I can go with that one as a hero. They climbed to Mount Everest, the first people to climb to the top of that. And then Helen Keller. And then all the Kennedys were on there. Really? And then Bruce Lee. Charles Lindbergh was the, the last one on that list. And, and some of these people are without heroes, aren't they? Without a doubt. But of course, I noticed, you noticed that Christ wasn't mentioned in this top ten list of heroes. Do you wonder why? You know, if you were to ask the question, and here's some of the answers that they, they gave. This was from Dallas, Texas. He said, when the going gets tough, the weak get religion. Faith and religion are two very different things that can never be reconciled. Faith is good and very much personal thing. Religion is a source of most misery and very much a public affair. The differences are obvious except to the stupid and their keepers. That's what people in the world think of us. Really. And then there was one from Redmond, Washington. I think Jesus... Do you? I can't believe they're doing that in the world. You've got to realize they're on the outside looking in. Don't, don't be too hard on them yet because we're just as bad when we talk about them. It offends us because they're talking about us. But we talk about them the same way. Why would, why? Because we don't know. There's no education. There, we, we don't know who we're talking about. They don't understand us because they don't know our Jesus like we know our Jesus. And it's important to understand that when we, when we confront these people, and if we come across harsh Bible and creation, most people who say there isn't any evidence are generally people who are uninformed. Whose job is it to inform them? It's us. And it'll be by the way we treat them. And I agree with this person. And I admit that I believe in a church that preaches Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Savior of the world, because it's easier for me to believe than it is for somebody who's never been anything about God. So before we go to pointing fingers and snarling our nose, we need to realize they just don't know. That difference in their life. You can't convince a person there's a living God who created the heavens and the earth, you know, then it's pretty hard to convince them that the message of the Bible is true. If they don't believe that God created all of this, and they believe evolution instead of creation, then they're going to have a hard time believing in the truth in this Bible. It has to start with that. Crenshaw, 
Preacher Vance Harbner said this. He said, I came to Christ as a country boy. He said, I, I didn't understand all about the plan of salvation. They had to understand it before we would baptize them. Which is kind of silly because I've baptized a lot of adults who didn't have a clue. Did it make them any less saved? No. You don't have to understand it. You just got to stand on it. And you can stand on it because of what Jesus did. But before we go any further, when we're talking about Christmas, we've got to understand Christ and who he is. It's like the burglar who broke into a home and he's looking around the house and he hears a soft voice whispering saying, it's Moses. And the burglar said, well, what kind of person would name a parrot Moses? And the parrot's the same kind of person that would name their pit bull Jesus. And he's watching you. Who is Jesus? Well, we know he's certainly not a pit bull. He was human and yet God in the flesh. I read another interesting story about a, a woman named Jesus in Birmingham, Alabama. And the court, during the process, this 59-year-old woman was said to be disruptive. And she asked questions instead of answered them. And the judge had, en had enough, and she dismissed the woman, which makes sense. That's what she wanted anyway. But other potential, potential jurors were shocked that her name was Jesus Christ, and most of them just laughed out loud at her. And why did this woman change her name to Jesus Christ? I have no idea. But if she was thinking in terms of being comparable to Christ, then she was totally wrong. He was both man and God. Now think about that. In John 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made. And then it says in verse 14, The Word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. If you about God, then he will cease to be God. You're never going to get it all. He is so powerful, so amazing that you'll never ever understand it all. And that's where people struggle. They think they have to understand everything about God. I still don't ever understand everything about Leslie. How am I going to understand everything about God? <laughs> Some of you have been trying to figure it out for a long time. You know, true or false, right? If Jesus either knew his claims were false, if he knew it, if he was lying, then he was deluded and a lunatic, right? If Jesus knowingly lied, he was the world's greatest hypocrite and a charlatan of the worst kind. He would also be the greatest fool. And let me tell you why. How many people do you know that would suffer the way he did for a lie? 
How many people are going to go and create this image of themselves, this, this life of many people for such a long time? His critics and enemies had nothing but the highest compliments for him. Did you, do you know that? His character. Those people who persecuted him could say nothing bad about him. They killed him because he was so good. Imagine that. Being so good. So there's, there's either no other choice. Either Jesus is a liar or a lunatic or he is Lord of all. You have to choose. C.S. Lewis said you can shut him up for a fool. You can speak. You know, God's sitting in heaven when a scientist prays to him. And, and God says, you know, what do you, what do you have to say to me? And he said, God, we don't need you anymore. Science has finally figured out a way to create life out of nothing. In other words, we can now do what you did in the beginning. And God said, oh, really? Tell me. Well, the scientist says we can, we can take dirt and form it into the likeness of you and breathe life into it, thus creating man. And God said, well, that's very interesting. Show me. Show me. So things were made, and with him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus was apparently alongside his father during the creation process. Again, how did this happen? I don't understand it. But God did it. And I stand on it. What did Jesus come to earth to do besides create man? What else did he come here to do? It's like the old legend where a man became lost in his travels and got stuck in the quicksand. And Confucius walked by and saw the man's predicament and said, It's evident that all men should stay out of such a Let me help you out of this situation you're in. You're going to have to die in the sin of quicksand. Isn't that wonderful? Of all the religions in the world, Jesus is the only one that says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. And let me pick you up out of your mess. Wow. What did he do? He saved disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Does that describe any of you all? Don't raise your hand. But when the kindness and love of our God, Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. Are you thankful for his mercy? He saved us through the washing of the rebirth, renewal of the Holy Spirit. At just the right time, Christ appeared to us because we were righteous, not because we were such good people, but rather because we were sinners. We were slaves to our sin. And this includes every person, even Mother Teresa, even the best person you ever met, they were still sinners. He came to die for them too, to save them. I mean, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might 
die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds a sinner. When it should have been us on that cross. It's really hard for people to admit that they deserve to die, isn't it? It's really hard because we're prideful. I'm not that bad. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever been deceptive? Have you ever looked at something you ought not to look at? Longer than you should have looked at? We've traded places. Preacher George W. Truett said that Joan of Arc was born at the stake as a witch. She was burned at the stake. And in the flames came around her. She said, Jesus, 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 the passport to heaven is the name of Jesus. While she was being burnt, born at a stake, he, she's on fire. And she's calling to Jesus. Let me tell you something. If you don't know Jesus and you wait till you get to hell and you're on fire, it'll be too late to be calling out Jesus' name. It'll be too late to repent. You don't have to owe anybody anything but the credit card agencies. It's like the drunk who stumbled into a baptismal service alongside the river. Have any of you ever been to one of those? Where they're down by the river and they're baptizing people? It's a beautiful experience, very emotional. People lined up, you know, calling on Jesus. And, and here's the preacher in the water and this drunk sees him and he, he runs into the water with the preacher and he says... You know, I, I'm ready to find Jesus. And the minister said, I'm glad you're ready to find Jesus. And the drunk looks back and says, let's do it. And the minister dunks the fellow under the water and pulls him back up and says, have you found Jesus? And brings him up out of the water and says, have you found Jesus? And the drunk wipes his eyes and said, are you sure this is where he fell in? Some of y'all, we need to get in the water today if we can find Jesus. What do we owe Jesus? We owe him everything. We owe him surrender, obedience, faith, attention, and attendance. Some people argue against being baptized as if it means he doesn't just provide for our daily needs. He doesn't just watch over us at night. He became sin for us. And I think we owe him a great more than we can ever give, don't you? Second Corinthians says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. When I was growing up, I wanted nothing more, nothing more in this world than to please my dad. If we were working in the tobacco patch, I wanted him to see me as the hardest worker out there. So I worked extra hard as long as he was watching. You know, Paul wrote again in Colossians 3, he said, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You owe him your very life. What do we owe Christ? What should we do for him? Well, we should walk with him daily. We should seek to please him in all things. 
We've been a mess in the news lately over that. Here's old Michael. He's an offensive lineman who played for the Baltimore Ravens for the NFL for, for eight seasons. But prior to this, he was a homeless 18-year-old boy on the streets from a broken home. <coughs> and this family, this very wealthy family, takes him in. And it's a true story. They take him in, provide for him, encourage him. And all of a sudden, he went from looking for a place to sleep every night to making grades at school and playing on the football team. I would think he would probably want to do his very best to make them proud. But that's not what happened. If you know the rest of the story, he, he turned on his family and slandered them publicly. Accused them that they used him to make money to boost their reputation through the movie. They didn't know they were going to make a movie when they brought him in the house. Besides, they didn't need any money. They're millionaires. So, what they did for this young boy, they're just like Michael. And we turn our backs on them. We turn our backs on him and we slander him and his family, the church. Why would we do that? Why would we turn our backs on, on someone who was willing to, to bring us into their family when we didn't deserve it? You know, they gave him an, a home and an education and Christ gave us everything, including a home in heaven. Christ sacrificed his all for us. We owe him. It's like there was once a wife that was so jealous that her husband were supposed to love him more than anything. But often we've fallen in love with this world and the things of this world. We have a divided devotion. One to our selfishness. And then with what we have left, we give it to God. At Christmas, we think of him, don't we? I mean, this time of year, don't we think of him a lot? Every Sunday even, we think of him. But what about Monday through Saturday? Do we think of him then? Why shouldn't we? You still have to choose every day what's most important to you. Your own selfish desires or eternity in heaven. You still have to choose whether Jesus is first just gets the leftovers. What are you going to choose? Because he didn't just come to the cross. He didn't just come to the cross with hopes. Homeless. Lived most of his life wandering around the earth looking for something to eat and a place to sleep. And he walked around loving people and helping people who had nothing where he, him, he himself had nothing you see he could have ended it all and went back to heaven where it was perfect but instead he chose the cross that when we leave here it's going to be even better 
to look forward to those days when there will be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more cold, rainy days. Let just be joy back your way. But you have to choose that that's what you want to do. You have to live right. You have to live for Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, you already know Jesus. For us, it's about choosing to remember Him at this time of year. To remember it's about Him. It's not about the lights. It's not about Santa Claus. It's about joy of knowing that he loved us enough to come down from heaven. We celebrate his love for us to help you through it. And if that's you, maybe you need to come forward. You need to rededicate your life or maybe you just need to come up here and pray. But whatever you need to do, you need to do it. Because you're not guaranteed another moment on this earth. So make it right today. Make whatever decision you need to make as we stand and sing. There's nothing worth more that will ever come. I've tasted and seen sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord 
know this young lady here, Alicia? Alicia, tell them what today is. My birthday. It's Alicia's birthday. <laughs> and you're how old? 38. She's 38. She says she's been taking care of her little sister, Amy, up here for a long time. <laughs> but we want to wish, wish her a very happy birthday. Yeah. I, think, I think we're going to sing her a happy birthday. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Happy birthday. So there's a lot going on. If you haven't noticed, next weekend, pray for pretty weather. It'll probably, well, the, the rain chances went down a little today, but it's still going to be cold. So we're going to have live animals and all that stuff out in the field, and it's really a chance to reach out and, and enjoy reaching out in Jesus' name. Christmas under the stars, and at 7 o'clock next Saturday, we'll have a candlelight service in here. We're also going to have one on the 24th at 5, but we're going to have another one on the 16th at 7. So if you don't come for Christmas, it's going to happen without your all's help. We're not the church just because the staff is here. The church is you guys. And the things that we do, we do in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your participation. Because we can do so much more together. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and give you a bunch more announcements because you've already watched them once. But I will be up here afterwards if you need to talk to me. And hey, let's go tell everybody about why the season is what it is. It's about that Savior that was born to us that day. Wonderful time you've given us where we celebrate the gift that you gave us this Christmas. So thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> 